Oh, okay. Well, how do I do the introduction again? Recording straight out of Fife, Scotland. You need to write this down, man. You need to I do. It's like the... mentally psyching or you myself need up. Like, you need to hear a projectionist at the back of me. Fucking just, the it's like the fucking script of Star Wars, the scroll. Aye. Recording straight out of Fife, Scotland in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> You're listening to the Films and Swear movie podcast. <laughs> Recording straight out of Five Scotland, you're listening to the Films and Swear and Movie Podcast with your hosts Stuart Sullen and Magic Mike Christie. About fucking time you got that right. Ah, quite. I was waiting on you, didn't I? <laughs> hey. Episode 172. Yeah. Um, our Oscar episode. Aye. Today we have chosen... A film each, from the best picture. Ah, the uh, best, uh, best uh, picture category. Be, ah, best picture category. Like for some reason, a word disappeared from my brain. But aye, it is going to be our discussion of Dunkirk from two thousand seventeen, mm-hmm. and three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, two thousand seventeen eighteen, depending where you are in the aye. world. Sorry. Should we just get on to today's films? Aye, let's go. Okay. I will be discussing our first film today, which is Dunkirk. Written and directed by Christopher Nolan. The cast to Dunkirk includes Fionn Whitehead as Tommy, Damien Bernard as French Sold French, this is my problem. I have an issue pronouncing the word soldier. A lot of times I'm going to be saying shoulder. Uh, so Damien Bernard is French shoulder soldier. French so French soldier. Army boy. French army boy. Aye. Um, Harry Styles as boy. Pretty sure his name was Alex, but they just Aye. IMDB's cried him boy. He didn't have a big role in it. Eh? No. Barry Cogan as George. Mark Rylance as Mr. Dawson. Tommy Glenn Carney as Peter. Cillian Murphy as Scarecrow on a Boat. Tom Hardy as Bane on a Plane. I was just going to say, what the fuck? Scarecrow on a Boat? I was like, wait a minute. I was like, that, is that what he was really called? <laughs> uh, he's credited as Shivering Man. Alright, oh, okay. Because that's it. This film has like, like a minimal dialogue to it. So they're not really sharing names. and uh. So like their credits are all fucking messed up, but... Tom Hardy's character is uh, cried, I think it was Farrier. Mm. Farrier. Uh, Jack Loudon is Collins, and Kenneth Branagh is Commander Bolton. Plot of Dunkirk. The evacuation of Allied soldiers from the British Empire and France who were cut off and surrounded by the German army from the beaches and harbour of Dunkirk, France, over the course of one week during the Battle of France in World War Two. Was um was it no like one week? Yes, yes. The way the film is executed is slightly different. Ah, uh, it's like so like one week, one day, one hour. Ah, uh. mm-hmm. and that is sort of executed in a style of it's it's 
they describe it as evacuations from land, sea, and air. So the story of the men being evacuated by land is told over the course of one week. Um, the story of the, the evacuations by sea is told over one day. And then the evacuation by or the people, the fucking jet pilot, the spitfires uh, in the sky is told over the course of one hour. All cleverly edited together. Yeah. In this fucking crazy little film. <clears throat> and first time watch for me. Yeah. I had not seen it prior. I missed my chance to see it during the summer. <clears throat> but I have thought it was a great film. I really, this actually fucking. I th- I'm not sure if it's just the way it was executed. Like the way they told the story. The fact that there wasn't a lot of dialogue. The fact the fucking sound, ah, the was, sound of the film. There was constant sound through the whole film, eh? Yes, but I mean, for the first fucking gunshot going off, it felt like it was five times five times louder than anything else I'd been on my telly that day. Aye. As soon as that fucking gun shot, like everyone stopped and looked at the telly. It was like, the fuck? It was it's was, it's was just like that thing with war films, like when the war fucking kicks off, like Saving Private Ryan when they go onto the beach in Normandy and. Uh, fucking chaos is unleashed. It's the film opens with these five or six English boys going through a fucking abandoned town in Dunkirk, and then they're all fucking <clears> shot <throat> down by by Germans, and it just sort of reveals who your one character is, yeah. this lad Tommy. But the fucking sounds of the guns and the clips, it's always so fucking sharp. Like you could you hear the fucking the cartridges going tang and. The fucking loading the guns and the fucking the base that every fucking bullet goes off with is so fucking strong. And then, as you said, the fucking music, like that build up, the constant soons where at times it sounds like fucking sirens, and it's music getting faster and like it's just building up and up and it, you can't help get mere tense watching it. Like if I was on the edge of the seat in the cinema, right? Like, it was bad enough in the house that the fucking the tension was off the scales. If I was in a cinema and it was like when we saw Blade Runner and the fucking bass was off the fucking walls. Uh, like I'd be fucking falling out my seat and rolling in the hole. The hole? The hall. The hall. But aye, fuck, it is, it's a, it's some fucking film. See, I, I've, I've only watched it once as well and I think I, I mistakenly chose to watch it like after work one night when I come home and I was kind of like, I, I was, close to fall asleep but I didn't like properly like zone it but I think I think I was maybe a bit harsh on it I think I didn't get a chance I think I really Aye. need to re-watch it just to see what it's like because so we've watched it twice now I watched it on Monday night <clears throat> and then I watched it again on Wednesday just just there to kind of repeat my process for my notes just Aye. never took any notes when I was watching it I just started on the Tuesday and then I thought I'll put it on again just in case there's anything I miss but I mean, the whole it's thing... A, it's, it's a very different like, type of war film, eh? Oh, aye. Definitely. Um, like, stylistically, and the... Um, it's, it's reserved. There's not... I don't think there's any blood. Uh, like, there, there's no gore, like, much akin to the opening scenes of Saving Private Ryan, where people are walking around holding their intestines. Uh, uh, but... In this one, it, it's re- more reserved... Like you're not seeing. I think it plays on like tension and all that, and like the build oh, up and stuff. Because there's, there's a scene later on in the film where it's 
Like really, really intense. Aye, when all the boys are hiding in the boat. Aye. Like, the, the paranoia and the tension, and let alone being fucking shot at. Like, the situations, and you could feel it, the film, like, the desperation just soaks through the film, like, of, like, our soldiers at the start, uh, Tommy and Gibbons, just trying to find a way to get off the fucking pier, that, what they cry, the mole. Yeah. And they're going around with a fucking soldier uh, on a stretcher, and they're going along the fucking pier, and only to find there's a big fucking hole, like, where they'd been bombed at one point, and there's, like, a single plank of wood going across it. And of course they're that fucking desperate. They they ran across it just so they could find a chance to get on a boat, get the fuck out at Dunkirk. But as soon as they drop off the fucking injured man, they're fucking chased off like fucking rats. Like off, off. This isn't for you. Get out. And even the desperation of like the French people trying to escape as well. You've got the like, English soldiers fucking saying no. Like this is for the British. You've got your own boats. Go and fuck off that way. Then he come there, this is for us only. Just the fact that they're all allies, but when it comes to evacuations, they're all quite territorial. And the amount of fucking times that they all get ready to leave in a boat, and then the fucking bombers come by, fucking hit the boats, and uh, they eventually just start sinking. It's it's just, like, unimaginable to think of, like, this I is fucking... That, this in is, that situation. Aye. Like, all the people that just stood on that pier... And there's that great scene where they're all sat with their heads down and you just hear the, the sound of fucking the spitfires coming and the one head turns, then all the heads turn. And they've got nowhere to fucking run. They're all just... Ah, so they're just... They're all just, like, fucking... They'll just hit the dead, just hoping for their fucking... Like, hoping for their best. And you just see all the, all the fucking bombs hitting, hitting, hitting. And the sound enough is terrifying. Like, the sound, the... the the, the fucking all that shit tearing above your head but then just to see the visuals of the fucking bombs hitting the beach and uh, hitting the pier and see fucking bodies being blasted off the fucking deck and, and it's it's quite fucking powerful for not being um, overly gritty because uh, uh, it isn't a gritty film nah like there, there's no there's no blood severed body parts they're not showing you the the fucking proper dark side of it, but you're right in saying the fucking tension is like fucking off the charts on it. Cinematography is exceptional in it. I know, obviously, it's been nominated for best cin- cinematography, but it's got a lot of competition against it. But the mm. way they just shot some of the things in this film was really, really well done. I mean, everything for, like, those long shots them running along the beach to that, the final shots of the Spitfire gliding along the fucking, the houses as it's getting closer and closer to landing on the beach. The the fucking cinematographer Hoyt Van Hoytma did a fucking superb job. This was a guy that he teamed up with on Interstellar, Christopher Nolan, that was his cinematographer for that, and he brought him back for this, but... The most exceptional scene, like piece of cin- cinematography, comes from the the scenes towards the end where they're sinking a destroyer ship, and as that's going towards the water, what normally that your brain processes is you watch the boat fall in the water. The way it's fucking shot, it's like the water's coming up and just submerges the ship. Uh, it, the best way to describe it is as if you're just closing a book. How 
the water just ah, comes yeah. up for both sides and it shuts. Because normally water just rises up. It doesn't come towards you as a wall and just takes over. Ah. It's just it's just like they're just being swallowed by the ocean. And I mean, uh, another brilliant one is the claustrophobia of it as well with the, the two Spitfighter pilots. Ah. When Collins like get shot and he has to like land in the water and then you've got that whole sequence of him fucking sinking uh, in uh, the fucking panic to break out of his cockpit like how the camera's in that fucking close and it's just fucking focused on his face or if it's underwater underneath him and it's just him fucking battering just the thought of getting like that far into that guy's face rather than just what filming it for the outsides uh, it's just fucking crazy but I mean I, th- I was um, when I was watching it, I thought um, I was quite interested in the story with the boat with Mark Rylance. Aye. Mm-hmm. And when he picked up uh, Kelly Murphy. Aye. I mean, to be honest, talking about the acting, I've I've mentioned like they they all do a fucking cracking job in it, but I think fucking Mark Rylance wins. Like he's the best actor in this film. I loved his character the most out of it. Like of all the people, I think he fucking stole the stole this fucking film. Like, just it's like he accepts the responsibility of the mission that's been given to him by Churchill. Uh, where as he can, I fucking forgot the name of the boat he had. But when I said they want my boat, and it's like, well, they've got the captain with it, and the lad's like, and they've got me, and then they've got their daft pal George, and he jumps on with them too. Uh, Who's about as good as a fucking sack of totties? Ah, because he just kind of like jumps on like apprehensively. Yeah, like he's, Aye. he's all like, "Oh, I've never really done anything good in my life, but if I go to Dunkirk and help evacuate soldiers, then I've achieved something." And he falls down a flight of stairs, mm. and that's it. But Mark Rylance, just the way he acts in the film, that he has these argument, these conf- confrontational scenes with like Cillian Murphy. When, because obviously they they pick him up as the he's sitting on the arse of a sinking, of a sunken boat, mm. and of course the boy's shell shocked. He kind of think he just wants to get back to England, and when they find out they're all going back to Dunkirk, he's hysterical. He's pretty much trying to fucking take the like grab him, take the wheel off his hand, uh. and he Ryland's sort of just stands his ground, and fucking tells him that we've got a fucking mission to do. We've got to go bring those boys home. You know, you get a fucking cup of tea and sit downstairs. Uh, <laughs> or I didn't need to fucking smack you about the heat but another one like the the scene where it all kind of starts rolling together where they see Colin's Spitfighter land in the water and they decide to go see it and his son Jack's like nah nah we didn't like he, he could be dead and he fucking turns and he's like what if he's not what if he's alive and he's trapped he's like we need to fucking look and he just he's that fucking shooken about it and the fucking like, just how fucking angry he was. It's like the man's physically shaking with adrenaline of what's going on around him. They, they, they made the joke, Cillian Murphy says, like, you're not soldiers, you're fucking weekend yacht, like, like, fucking Navy, you, you, this is a leisure boat, you're not fucking from the Navy, what are you doing? And he said, well, we've got to do our mission, we've got to do our part. And it's no till the end when you find out more about his family, it really explains why he went out his way to go check that Spitfire to make sure that the boy, if there was someone alive in it or not. Uh. And 
you could see why he was that fucking like built up a bit and why he had to go find Collins just enough chance like how it kind of resonated of what someone well, what he would have hoped someone would have done for him yeah in that situation but fuck like it was it's, his performance totally gave me chills it was the way he done it he was just sure all the else was really getting it but he, I think, kind of just sort of like this veteran experience, like this older actor. Aye. But the fucking drama that came from, just he fucking stole this film. Yeah, it's, 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 it seems well, but like he, a lot of and like, a lot of his films as well. <clears throat> like it's when he's like playing like the like the calm person, that, like showed like the emotion. Like um, if you've seen like stuff he's in, like Peaky Blinders and that. Eh? Right. Like he rarely loses his head in it. Aye. And yet he looks more like intimidating than what he does when he did lose his head. Aye, aye. Now, on the overall of that, and everyone done fine. Even like the boy for One Direction, didn't he put me up nor doing? I I'm only really remember him when he tried to get the other boys to like turn on the French boy. Aye, and that was where he had like the most dialogue, where it's like, like he's a fucking frog. A cute jumping frog. And like, all right, Peter Rabbit, calm down. It just, but, but I mean that because that was a uh, played in with that scene where they were hiding, and the boat was getting shot, and I think that's what played into that scene. Aye, a little better. Aye, definitely. Like that, the music. It, it, it's an easy one to pull from, but it, it's like the thing, and they're testing the blood samples. Aye, as they're all looking around each other, but it's more a case of. He, he said something and he's right. He's like, that boy hasn't said a word the whole time I've been here. And you're thinking, actually, he's fucking right. I've never seen him mutter a word. Uh, and the whole sequence is for earlier on where they think they're safe and they all go on a ship and they're brought down into the hall and they're all being treated to cups of tea and jam and toast. And he's sitting upstairs. And the other one's like, what's wrong with your friend? So he's just looking for a quick way to get out. And of course, when they fucking shut the door, that's when the torpedo hits the fucking ship. Hmm. And it is, it's just, there's no way for them to feel relaxed at all because it was, the war was still fucking going on. So they all thought they were safe. They're in the boat, got their, their toast with jam and a cup of tea. The engine started and they're like, yes, ready to go home. Nope, we're all going to sink and die. It's, I guess it just kind of pictures the struggle. Ah, yeah, because then I think, for what I remember, obviously they're, they decide to like, kind of like, like stand the ground and like fight against it, and they're basically like at peace with the, like the circumstances that they're involved in. Aye. So fuck it, we might as well can go down swinging it. Exactly. Kind uh, of Brana. Well, see, like the only times you ever see me really stand on the end of a pier. I I did really love this wee moment. Like the relief when the boats from from England finally arrive at Dunkirk. Uh. Like it's just a shot where he's got his binoculars and he's looking across the sea, and you hear a guy say, "What? What's happening? What do you see?" And he's like, "Home," and he's tearing the music so up. Like if I was watching a pirated copy, I'd imagine a line of text would come up say, "For award consideration." Uh. Like, <laughs> I'd imagine that's where it comes up where the the full hand simmer scores up. The boats are all there. The men are waving. Kenneth Branagh's got the single tear. We're going home, lads. And just fucking get the toast on. Get the kettles boiled. 
and he's running along the pier and he's like, where are you from? And it's just like the relief, like we're, we're getting out of there. It, uh, finally, fucking, the boats have shown up. Do you think, um, think Branagh had enough screen time or do you think he could have had a bit more? I mean, I think he'd done all right. It wasn't any short, especially when you're sort of telling three stories. So it was hard to get enough screen time because I guess his screen time was sort of split between like the two boys trying to get uh, evacuated. So yeah, I think he'd done all right. Like, obviously, he's not been really nominated for anything. If he's been nominated for Best Actor, yeah. you think, this boy's only in the film for 10 minutes. Uh, That's a bit much. But no, um, he's done good. What did surprise me about about the film, no, actually, and about the film, but it was like the the choice of like running time. Yes, like an hour and forty minutes, maybe. Aye. Like when I seen the trailer for it, I had it in my head that this was a fucking two and a half hour film. Yeah. And the fact that when you were reading about it, it was going to be like three stories, you thought surely it's going to be a two and a half Aye, hour. This plus. could be almost three hours. It could be. You think how the hell are they going to tell <clears> three stories? That's. It's quite good the fact that uh, like Nolan managed to compact so much storytelling in such a mm-hmm. like, short time. Ah, definitely, and it makes it like the fucking rewatchability is off the fucking chart. Like this is less than two hours. This is something that you could watch easily, and it's a really fucking entertaining film. It holds your attention. There's that much interchanging story, and the fucking payoff when it all kind of blends together at the end. Mm. You can't not like it. I think. Uh, one of the f- few things one thing I did find slightly distracting was uh, the noticeable changes of aspect ratio throughout the film that's that's always a lot of, that's a big thing in Nolan's films yes his love to switch between IMAX uh, footage and like your normal footage uh, so there's times you're watching, all of a sudden, like fucking black bars pop out of nowhere. Yeah, because um, like, you just keep fucking forgetting that. Like my boss, he took a son to see it in cinema and IMAX, and he said that that was the only way to experience the film. He said, if you think it was loud watching the like you should have like, heard it in the fucking cinema. Aye, I'd fucking piss myself. <laughs> just as soon as I'm gone. I like that bit. We went to see Drive Mine when the fucking gunshot went off outside uh. the bank. You just hear, but I have noticed that uh, no one does do that in a lot of films. It's like I'm trying to think. A I key scene he uses in, in in the Dark Knight. I think it's, I think it's the scene where the Joker leaves the hospital, mm-hmm. and it like cuts to like widescreen and then it's full screen and all that. Aye, and I think he got because as his films went on, he got more and more IMAX heavy. Like, I remember them being a big sequence of it in The Dark Knight Rises. And I think, were you with us? Ah, I've seen it at the region. Oh, right. I, we went, I remember going to Edinburgh to see that one in IMAX. I can't right. mind if it was you or Guffrey, maybe. Nah, maybe Guffrey, because I only meant to see it. At the <coughs> region. Aye. But... Sure, right enough, it's like, oh, you got like, just by the whole fucking scale of the screen and bought fucking, like, back row tickets just so you could fucking actually see the whole screen around you. Uh, I can't imagine sitting front row at an IMAX. Uh, You're not really seeing all, the whole what, film. Uh, that was what Michelle's 
gripe was last week when she went to see Fifty Shades were work pals. They were like <laughs> right at the front, eh? Right. Oh, that, surely that film was then IMAX, though. <laughs> just seeing that last again pumped in IMAX. Like, mm. ah, just seeing that boy's air pumping up. Like, oh, Jesus. I see everything. <laughs> Every pore. Uh, so, uh, um, the score. I was going to actually just ask you about that. Talk about Hans Zimmer at the moment. I love Hans Zimmer, eh? I if there's there's times where I feel this maybe sounded similar to Interstellar. There there's actually really just one scene where it sounds so fucking similar, but I think it's just the way it's done where it's like a radar or like a siren and it's just distorted and it's just like that sound. That kinda makes me think back to Interstellar because it gives it like a sci fi feel. Mm. Um but it's it is a particular scene where after Mark Rylison's got all the boys on the boat and got them back and they're they're back at, at the at like the docks and it's night time and all the soldiers are coming in and you have like that one soldier giving shit to Collins like say, Where the fuck were you, eh? Like it's just sort of how there was no air support and Mark Rylands puts a hand on his shoulder and says, they know where you were, pointing to like all the lads they saved. But just the music there just seemed so fucking similar to Interstellar. But the way he builds the fucking score in this film, like all the shit at the start, where it's it's constantly building up, and how they're running along the beach with a stretcher, it's just like violins. Then it's a wee bit unsettling, and about 30 seconds later there's another instrument and speed's picked up, and then another instrument, and the speed's quicker, and it's just like, you, you just feel your fucking heart beating faster, uh, as if the fucking score has a pulse, and it's just, uh, like, holy shit, what the fuck's going on? Like, it just gets this wee course of adrenaline going on, and you just think, like, the fact that he's thought this hard about the score, and it's all... Like it's layered in so well with the film, like it works yeah. perfectly, and then you have those sequences where it's our fucking chaos and the music's and like the whole orchestra's fucking going mental and. Because yeah. there's not a single scene in the film where there's not a bit of music playing. There's aye, and they talk about this constant sound playing throughout the whole film. Aye. And I couldn't really pick up on it, but there's times where it is like. There's maybe it's almost the best I could describe it is like, like a the sounds of like a chopper, like a hovering blades going. Uh. Like we hear it a lot in leaving when there's like fucking helicopters looking for fucking bodies in the, in the river. Unfortunately, <laughs> like there's always fucking search planes doing the beach, but it's just assumed that like those rotor blades, and there's the sounds of that. And it made me think. It actually, it's. His fucking soundtracks to Nolan films has really got me in the mood to watch more fucking Nolan films. Like by the end of this, last night, I was really in the, in the mood to fucking like revisit Inception. Um, you got like, your trivia on that? Yes. Um, oh, I've got a list of all the Oscar nominations if you want to know what the eight nominations are. I like uh, that. Best Achievement in Film Editing. I guess for having these three splice stories together. 
Uh, it's quite an achievement. And the fact that it pays off and it's not a fucking confusing uh, continuity-ridden piece of shit, which is quite harsh. Uh. But um, it works. It pays off. Like, all that different style. And especially with it having, like, a, a skewed time ratio where it's a week, a day, and an hour. And it, it, does, it isn't a fucking train wreck. It, it works uh. so fucking well. Um, best achievement in music written for motion picture, Hans Zimmer. Best achievement in sound editing, that's, I feel that it airs that one. Best motion picture of the year, that's a difficult one. Best achievement in directing, another difficult one. Best achievement in cinematography, now this is going against, obviously, Blade Runner, Darkest Hour, Shaping the Water, and a film called Mudbound. So, again, it could get it, but uh. it's, it's in again, some big competition. Best achievement in sound mixing. This is a, a like more uh, blockbustery one that's been putting aside, like Baby Driver, Last Jedi, Blade Runner, and The Shape of Water. Uh. Shaping the Water. And again, best achievement in production design. Sure. But trivia. Uh, in researching the Dunkirk story, History versus Hollywood, discover that whilst the character Farrier is not directly based on an actual person, his experience most closely resembles that of Alan Christopher. Uh, uh, sorry, Alan Christopher Al Derrier, a New Zealand Spitfire pilot. Farrier's, Farrier's fictional experience is indeed similar. After shooting down several German planes, he was forced to a crash landing east of Dunkirk, likely on the Belgian beach. Unlike Derrier, Farrier is captured in the closing shots of the film. Derrier famously got back to England after punching a naval officer in the face when he refused to let him on board. During the combat career, Al was shot down nine times, surviving all nine incidents and these experiences were chronicled in his autobiography, Nine Lives. Which had nothing to do with that cat movie starring Kevin Spacey. Uh, that was one thing I never actually asked you. Have you checked out the original? Dunkirk. No. Nah. I know it, it's... It was all over fucking Sainsbury's like, coming up to the release. And it was uh, like a modernised cover. I mean, Shell asked her mum to pick me up to pick me up a copy on like Blu-ray and she's like ah it's like a fiver on DVD she's like it's a fiver on DVD and she's like it's no fucking new it's only September Uh, and she goes ah it's in the shop I'll bring it in here (laughs) no no (laughs) I think there's another one I think there's like maybe a BBC series as well Mm. but well that 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 tends to happen with like history aye it gets it gets adapted quite often Budget, one hundred million dollars. <laughs> I need a wee awesome ah, power yeah. sound effect whenever I've got a one hundred million dollar budget. Um, I, I reckon it's a- it made three hundred thirty-seven million in the foreign market. Domestic, it pulled in one hundred eighty-eight million. Altogether, five hundred twenty-five million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> fucking half a billion 
<laughs> so that's a nice wee return, especially when you're given like a budget of 100 million. And you're like, fuck, I hope I make my money back. Well, that's a, a big check to write. Uh, uh, one star reviews. I, I was really annoyed at all the fucking reviews. It's been reviewed 789 times on Amazon. And 110 of those reviews were one star reviews. Uh. And so many folk just fucking really hated the film. And to the point where it wasn't entertaining to read through them. I got to like page six and I was like, man, this is a fucking chore. So uh. I, I grabbed two. Our first one, Dullkirk. <laughs> yeah, that, that old play on words. Just an excuse to sell a bad film to One Direction fans. That's it. <laughs> that was their So, review. I'm assuming that if Harry Styles was in the film, it probably would have been on his, like... It probably wouldn't have made even a hundred million dollars. It's just the fact that it got fed to all the fans of One Direction. Uh, that was Nolan's master plan. Say, like, can what I've been waiting to do? Like, adapt a film about historical events? No, get Harry Styles in a film. <laughs> That, 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 that's the real reason they made all that money, yeah. Aye, fucking Harry was in there. Shining his pearly white teeth. He was in it till like, the last. So, he was, his character was introduced like seconds before he was almost crushed by a fucking ship. I thought uh, that was going to be his screen time where like, help me. Uh, I was like, yes. Like, cameo from Harry Styles <laughs> as boy crushed by boats. I feel I need to like, rewatch it and just say, yeah. Second chance when I'm actually fully awake. Aye. I think I felt that when I was looking at those one-star reviews. Like, I've watched it twice and kind of game off quite high both times watching it. And then just to see folk just fucking tearing at a new arsehole and one-star reviews, like, fuck's sake, it's a film. Get a chance. Calm, dude. Uh, a lot of folk was like, ah, the history's all wrong. And just the amount of continuity errors. Like, all right, fucking settle, pal. It's, it's a film. Yeah, but I think I've talked enough I try and keep my reviews light but it always seems to be about 40 minutes uh, so I've said my piece right Mike take away with your review of Three Billboards outside Evan, Missouri yeah so uh, Three Billboards is directed by Martin McDonough is it you pronounce it but I, I'm not too sure on the pronunciation yeah. of it, but I know. It stars Francis McDormand as Mildred, uh, Sam Rockwell as Dixon, mm-hmm. Woody Harrison as Chief Willoughby, and Abby Cornish as Anne. Mm-hmm. That was really your four big hitters. That was his... Uh, Woody Harrison's wife. Mrs. Aye. Aye. Plot? Uh, the plot of uh, Three Billboards is a woman goes to war with a local police in regards to them unable to catch the culprit who raped and murdered their daughter with the use of three billboards yes so what did you think of the film Mike? I, I quite liked that I watched it today I was quite happy with it aye now how do you feel about it the the Oscar attention that it's getting is it um, I think I think Francis McDormand's a shoe and I didn't I've no I haven't watched any of the other like, films that are in consideration Aye. for it. That. So I think she probably will get it. Yeah. Because like, her character, like, the way she portrays her character, is like she's, she's like broken, 
Aye. I mean, she's no had any she's satisfaction. She's not taken any more she's shit. She's no had any satisfaction for the police. She's just pissed off at everybody. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. And uh, I think... I've not seen her in a lot of films. I've only... The only really noticeable one I've really seen her in was Fargo, and I thought she yeah. was really good in that as well. Aye. I think... I, I can't remember if she actually got... I think she got an Oscar for Fargo back in the day. I don't know. Unless if it wasn't Fargo, she was getting... I, I just remember seeing images of her doing speeches at awards uh, for fucking winning Best Actress. Yeah. But um, I, I, th- I think I think she's 100% getting this. Like, uh, I, I'd be surprised if somebody else gets it, but I can't see it at all. Aye, aye. Now, Martin McFingley, obviously, McFingley. his filmography includes Seven Psychopaths and In, In Rouge. Rouge. Yeah. Now, In Rouge, it seems to be like one of these untouchable perfect films aye like, I watched it recently and it's, it's just as good as what it was like 10 years ago I don't think I've ever met a person that never liked it like everyone loves this loves M. Rouge it's a brilliant fucking film yeah Seven Psychopaths was good Seven Psychopaths was really good I think I thought uh, Sam Rockwell fucking stole that film as well I thought it was really good in that mm-hmm. was Woody Harrelson in that as well aye aye it was aye. yeah because that was the one that had a lot of faces in it, like ah, Christopher it Walken and uh, f- Alan Alda and all that. Was Mickey Rourke in there? Mm, nah, I've, I've only watched it once and I thought it was really good. Aye. And now this. I mean, obviously he's kind of keeping with his quality. Obviously Seven Psychopaths and this aren't on like a level of in Bruges that was like lightning in the bottle. But this one... A lot of people mention the tone of the film is an interesting one. I see when I'm like I never watched any trailers for it leading up to when it got released, and then when I seen adverts for it at the start of the year, I was like I seen clips of it and I always had this thought that it was a comedy. Mm-hmm. I reckon fucking why. Yeah. And it wasn't until I watched it today, and I seen that there was a. Couple of wee funny like undertones set, but it was really, really, really dark and really grey. Aye. And it was like the overall like as if like, the police force in it, like it's kinda of, like it's almost like a carbon copy of like real life police in America the new way. Aye. Aye. The whole like, the police brutality and all that. Exactly. No, the comedy moments that's that is shown in the trailer. Because uh, we watched the the trailers last night to the Margaret's looking at the trailers of the films best picture that she hadn't seen so I put three billboards on for her. of course it includes that key scene where a kid chucks a can at her car and she gets out <laughs> and like is that you I don't know what you mean uh, kicked him in the dick uh, looks at the last said, what about you sweetheart did you see who threw the can it's like I, I th-, and she kicks uh, her in the hole and then just walks off uh, and it's just sort of like that it's almost like bad Santa where you feel like they are there, she has this I've stopped giving a fuck attitude uh, and like fucking kids aren't going to fucking intimidate her but uh, later on in the film there is some fucking proper intimidating characters show up in this uh, film isn't there like where there's like the dude that shows up in her shop uh, who's just appeared out of nowhere like this and cunt, he throws it, a, like, the cup or whatever it is uh. aye and like and it is is watching it and you think holy fuck like you think she's got control of the situation, the fucking it's almost as if the police 
like she's above the place the way that she's taking charge of this. Aye. But it's only when someone fucking more scarier fucking shows up, you're like, fuck, maybe she did second what trouble she's yeah. getting herself into. I mean, as well, she's probably learned to be able to like take control because like a key scene, like you get a like a, a wider picture look at like what her family life was like when her husband comes. Yes. And she makes like a, a like underhanded comment and he oh. flips the table and, and like grabs her and like the son fucking puts a knife to him. Aye. Like uh, he probably did like abuse her. Yes. When they were like together and all that. Aye, this is a woman that's been through some shit <clears throat> and it has built this character it's, in it's, her. As well, it's like it's the fact that like the son just like causing a cunt through the phone and all that, <laughs> and like it's like she's fine with that. Aye, I mean, what about? I love the the fucking the dad, dotty teenage wife. Aye, aye. Where it's just a come like it's a bimbo on paper. It's just aye, and the way she tries to explain stories and she over explains it and she gets herself aye. confused and you're like, oh man. Did um, did you notice who the dad was? Did you recognise him? Nah, man, how'd you not recognise him? He, he had a kind of fest, but no, I can't even think of what other films he's been in. He's been, been a few films, but the one that I always remember on Fabry is he played um, Pete, the fucking store clerk at the start of From Dust Till Dawn in the shop. Was it? He was a. Uh, like when he was Michael a, Parks shows up. Ah, he's the sheriff, aye, that was He's him. the boy behind the counter. Aye. Ah, fuck. That was him. There was actually a, a couple of interesting characters in the film, like fucking. Dinklage. Peter Dinklage and the woman that played Dixon's mum, she was either Mac oh, or aye, Charlie's. Mac. Is it Mac's? Is it Mac's? Mac's mum. Face. Aye. I was always sunny. Yeah. I was like, sitting fucking... there smoking fags. Like, like that's that must be. I was all on the casting sheet. Like fucking sitting on the porch, smoke fads, fags, grumble. Like, Fuck! I could do that. And she looks like she just walked right off the set. Like didn't look like she changed the clothes or anything. Aye. I was I was quite surprised that uh, Peter Douglas's character, uh, him was like total, like almost like a mullet sort of thing, Aye. like a fucking tash. Just sitting playing pool, nothing of it. I never, never fucking knew he was in this film. Is that? Till like you just find him playing pool with and um, the guy that let Francis McDormand put the billboards up. Mm-hmm. He was the son and get out. Aye, you're right, you're right. Aye. Totally. Where, aye, that, that just fucking like a light bulb just went and that's where you came from. I was aye. thinking I'd seen him in some fucking Stephen King TV series, but no, it is, he's the fucking aye. psycho brother. Aye. He had a good wee role, but he got, he got fucking put through some shit, some fucking Wendy's. Aye. Sam Rockwell, let's talk about him. Aye, um, I, I've I've wrote in my like my notes. I think he's the one that steals it, and a lot of people have been saying it, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Like his character goes through a lot of changes throughout the film. Aye. Like at the start of the film, he's just like he, he feels because he's the place he can do what the fuck he wants. Yep. And I, and he's a little bit thick. Ah yes. Yes. That's again what I think one of my favorite scenes in the film is when um, uh, Mildred comes into the police station. Aye. And starts like calling him like a dickhead and all that, and like he's like not even bored by it. And I think it's like he's like, what's 
Oh, what do you call them? Oh, like his superior. Ah, superior. Like, again, like, like, you shouldn't be allowing her to come in. He's like, look, 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 I'll deal with it. I'll deal with it the way I want to deal with it. Aye. But um, I, I thought uh, Sam Rockwell's character was uh, was pretty good. Mm-hmm. He was quite unhinged a bit a few times, like. Yes. It was always, like, he was quite aggressive for the first, maybe half of the film, I think. Aye, definitely. Even, like, the... It was like from the start of the film where he's driving past aye, the billboard. He's the first one. He's like, "What the fuck is this? Like, why don't you have a look at the other billboards?" He's like, "Why don't I fucking bust your ass?" Like, ah, I know you. You're that fucking cop, aren't you? Because he's like seems to be infamous for fucking police, like battering a black guy essentially aye. and getting fucking caught out with it. Aye. So he's like obviously the bad named cop. Obviously, Kent him as the fucking racist cop in town. Yeah. So. He gets it, it's strange like the it's like a wee bit of, the journey of his character is a, an interesting one. Ah, like you can like at the start of the film you can feel that he's a bit of a prick and then you hope he gets his come up and and it, it kind of like almost does and then that kind of you warm to him towards the end of the film and I aye. thought like even like, the last fifty minutes of him I thought he was still really good. Really I can would you say it's a powerful film? I think it, I think well, like the like the undertones and I think I mean it's not something you would ever want to experience yourself, you know what I nope. mean? Like you wouldn't no. want to Yeah, but when your children being raped and uh, set on fire, was it? I think so, uh, Aye. Like what? No, that like I mean that, you know what I mean, like being raped's bad enough, but you know what I mean, fucking being raped and then set on fire that's Exactly. Like, that's horrific. Like the the grief that'll come for the, the family after that. Aye. And it it's just like the the whole things that come from it, where Peter Dinklage's character kind of comes in, who starts have come up with an alibi for Mildred, uh, say no no she was with me like you were together, like yeah I we were together, and she's like no nah, we weren't doing stuff though, said no <laughs> I wasn't saying that we were just together, huh. and but he's like kind of wanting to give the, like a wee relationship a go with her, uh, and. She's like, I think that little dude's trying to get in my pants. Because uh, um, I, because uh, the husband, like, asked her later on in the film. Eh? Aye. And there's that great show where, like, the husband spoils things a lot for her. Like, he can't see her happy. Aye. Like, the scene, because she's all getting to move on for what's happened. And that's probably what caused so much of this shit to happen. Like, in her life, to, like, build up. And Aye. then spew out on those three billboards because she's not getting a chance to live her life after it. And then there's that glimpse where she's out on a date, and the fucking ex-husband spoils it. You just see her walking across the table holding the big bottle of wine in her hands, like <gasps> this cunt's gonna get his head smashed. <laughs> but do you have a a favourite scene? Um, I talked about was the scene in the police station where she comes in. I I. I was quite surprised at the dentist scene. That was fucking nasty, wasn't it? <laughs> like that was a bit unexpected. That's like there was there was also that scene, but it was the scene right after it when uh, Woody Harrison drives to the shop she's working at. Aye, and he's like, "Oh, there be any chance for the dentist today?" And she's like, "No." Aye, she's like talking as if she's still got like the problem with like her tooth and all that. Aye. Like, cause did you know get the, like the injection as well to get the numb gums? Aye. So she's sitting there, slave, well, not slavering home. Aye. That'd be a bit over the top, but she was still fucking 
affected by the medication. I've not been uh, in a dentist at all. It's the way it's the way with the Harrison talks about it. It's like, oh well, he's uh, like pressing charges that you uh, stuck a drill into fat, whatever his name is, fat uh, thumb and all that. Aye, and but it does look fucking. Oh, that's not a thing I want to happen to anyone. Is that like, just seeing that? I'm going. Oh no, like, that's a new thing. I never have thought. Like oh, no, never no, a little drill for you. Thing is, like, I completely like when I was watching it, I forgot to like rewind that a minute before because I wasn't kind of paying attention. I kind of missed what the conversation like, was about. Aye. But it was today with the the billboards that sell. Aye, aye. Does the film have a like a soundtrack to it? I like a. Eh, uh, I feel like it does have like a score, but not a. I I think there's music playing in like the like the bar, but. It's got like a like a country, a small town. Ah, it's like, feel like, to like, it. a, like a soothing, yeah, like soon to it. Um, I think the like the cinematography it was no bad. Like the the choice of the area was ah, was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Was there any any negatives? Any bits you didn't care for, or anything that annoyed you about the film? There's a, there's a bit I really want to talk about, but I really didn't want it because I didn't want to ruin it. Well, we could talk about it and I'll put it on at the end of the episode after the end credits. So if people want to hear spoilers about it, they can listen to the very end of the show. I'll, I'll say that I've not seen any of the other um, like nominations or whatever. I might, I might watch a couple in the next few days, but I think it's either this or The Shape of War that's probably going to get Best Picture. Yep, because seven nominations. This is. Um, I've got them written. The Shape of Water's got like eleven or twelve. So I so it has three awards. Got best picture. Mm -hmm. It could go one or two ways. The way it's going, best actress. I fucking shoo in. Has to be. Yeah. Like if 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 it's something different, I will be really fucking surprised. Aye. But I fully expect to wake up on that Monday morning to read that and got a uh, Best Actress. Uh, I got two Best Supporting Actor awards for uh, Woody Harrison as well. I think it'll be Sam Rockwell because I didn't... Aye. Well, I think the way I was saying, the one that came closest to it was um, William Dafoe was like 12 to 1, I think, for uh, the project. Yeah, yeah. Um, best Screenplay... Could get. Oh, well, that's it. It's, it's an original story, so it's, it's not like a book or anything. Nah. So, it, it's, it's in there with a few other big ones, but aye. Uh, it's got best editing as well. Mm-hmm. I don't remember anything exceptional about the editing, but. Nah. And the uh, original score. Yeah. I, I was saying the score's kind of got like a. Like a small village, like kind of like a western type. Yeah, like this. I feel this is gonna be one of these movies where the awards is in more of the higher end and less in the technical uh, end. Right, it's yeah. not gonna be looked at as like a like in comparison. Dunkirk was far more technical yeah. in its music, editing, cinematography. Whereas this one, it's. It's got all the acting chops. It's got the best picture. It, it's three billboards is going to get all like most likely get the big awards. Yeah, Dunkirk probably won't, but it'll probably grab technical. Yeah, um, I I think that it's a bit 
I think that's a bit of shame that Martin McDonough didn't get a director's nod. Aye. Because I feel if it's getting if it's getting like as wildly as wildly regardless what it is, it should. You know what I mean? Why not give them? Aye, it's like the big awards. It's got four out of the five. It's just strange for that. Best, it's a best picture, but that doesn't get you a best director. Because as you said, what earlier, like what awards means more. So aye, the whole overall, but that film wouldn't exist without the director. Yeah. So, because Argo was the same thing, wasn't it? Or was it Vice Versa? Best director, but didn't get best picture. Like, it got one or the other. It wasn't aye, it did, aye. I think I might want best picture. I can't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think it'll probably get maybe three of the big, the big four, big five. Mm-hmm. And then I think that's probably. I don't think I'll get any of the smaller ones. I think there'll be other, aye, films that will get. Cause that's it. It's 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 gonna be funny. Like just to see how it split. Like, like, Guillermo del Toro. I don't know. It's such a close fucking race between that, three billboards and Shape in the Water. Aye, because around this time last year, like the two big ones was uh, Moonlight and La La Land. Mm-hmm. To the point where they fucking had to correct the fucking best picture. Like, uh, they're going to probably have to mop that this I'm year. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that uh, when they do one of the best supporting actor award, I don't remember hoping they read Kevin Spacey. It just has a wee, like, a wee flight dig in it. Some person like, who's ready, it's like, I've got nothing left to prove. <laughs> I've done it all. Like, I could take this and fucking still get work. It'd have to be like Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> like n- they would they would laugh they would like oh Jeff come here you you fucking adorable rascal trivia you think I have got I've got trivia and I've got budget and box office so right. far whichever one you want to go first with man eh right so the budget on this one is a nice modest 12 million fucking hell 12 million Aye, well, I guess you didn't need. There wasn't too much going on. I reckon maybe. I reckon that like that as opposed to maybe a million or two million each. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much went into that deer. Aye, aye. I I never caught on like until I was reading up about the film and saying it was a CGI deer. I fucking left it in my notes there. I forgot about that. But. I loved how she's like, this better not be any of this reincarnation bullshit. You're not my door. Piss off. Uh, um, I've got domestic and foreign. Oh, okay. So far, domestically, it took 48.5 mil. And domestically, it took... No, I was domestic. Foreign market has took 65.4. Aye, I'd imagine. Make so it far. Well, that's it. You can't help but make your money back so easily if it only costs you 12 to make. Right. So. You pretty much made the money back 10 times. Yep. So. Um, Unfortunately, I never looked at anyone's their reviews. I never. I, I did if there's I really don't think any, there'll be anything on. There could be, but ah, it's nah. too soon to tell. Uh, a couple trivia notes. Uh, apparently, Francis McDormand was um, really hesitant in taking the role because 
she's like 50 in real life. And then I think they disclose like the ages, mm-hmm. you know, like the, like the mum and all that in the film. But she wasn't wanting to play a role where like, her mum had like the first child when she was like 38 and all that. Aye. So she was a wee bit thingy, but uh, her husband, who's Joe Cohen, never right. knew, I never knew that at all. No. Uh-huh. Uh, he just told her to shut the fuck up and take the role. <laughs> so, because when I've seen the trailer, I first thought it was like a Cobra or something. It, it? it does, that you'd think it would have. Uh, and she is like a key part to those films nowadays where uh, like she was in Burn After Reading. And uh, I would fucking hate that one. I fucking loved that film. Ah, that brilliant. film was so fucking. fucking John Malkovich was fucking brilliant in that. Brad Pitt was fucking yeah, loony. Uh, last bit of trivia uh, Woody Harrison would use his breaks in filming to sign autographs and take pictures and then one day decided to like play guitar like in the middle of the street aye it just sounds like a big wholesome bastard eh? aye it like, just sounds like a fucking sound cunt to me aye I like Woody Harrison mm-hmm. aye that's pretty much me alright um, it's it's now time for us to decide oh, no, no, no. for the Razzies. What films are we going to watch next week? We have I would rather I would rather watch Kevin Spacey to the twelve year old in a basement. No, no, Michael Christie. <laughs> N- nothing, nothing at all about that. Was, yeah, no, but no. I saw... rather than watching one of the five films that we have rolled up in little tubes of paper. Let's see, there were five films nominated for Worst Picture. Yeah. Baywatch, The Emoji Movie, Fifty Shades Darker, Darker, uh, Darker The Mummy, and Transformers The Last Night. We have rolled these five films up into little tubes of paper. We do not know which are which. I swear they're not all Fifty Shades. <laughs> that was a joke I didn't make. Oh, you motherfucker. So we're going to now decide... Which, I mean, they're all wrapped up. We, I don't know which is which. <laughs> right. I like how they're all different sizes. I'm a bit, uh, I'm a bit shit at cutting paper. Now wait, there should be five rolls. Yeah, there is. That's oh, five. Okay. So you pick up one, Michael. And we open at the same time. Okay. And we each show each other at the same time. We didn't read I it Don't first. show it to ourselves. Let's. Mine's upside down. Yours is upside down. Spin it around. Michael Christie is watching Fifty Shades oh, Darker. No. I can tell because this has got two sheets of paper. Mine's is Transformers: oh, The Last Night. Motherfucker, the one from I did not want. I, I'm gonna have to fucking watch Transformers again. That's that's bullshit. I'm watching a porno. <laughs> and then you're gonna have to watch Fifty Shades after it. Oh. I think, and I think you're gonna have to watch the fucking the explicit cut as well. I know there's like a is there an explicit cut? There, there is. Is it added Jamie Dorman ass? Possibly, but I mean, fuck. Um, it's on now TV at the moment. And they do have two cuts of it. So, aye. So next week on the Films and Swear Movie Podcast, Transformers: mm. The Last Night. And Fifty Shades Darker. Oshahana. Is the only way I could describe that. So that's got to be a Razzie episode. Mike, 
you're more than welcome to, to purchase Fifty Shades Darker on Amazon. But first... Fuck I, you and your plug-in Amazon shit. You could go to filmsandswearing.com first and then visit Amazon and buy your Fifty Shades Blu-ray. No. Then we'll get a little kickback. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> if not, you could always no. support us on Patreon. If he's pledged over a hundred dollars in the next week, I will make Michael review the whole trilogy. Oh uh, no! Nah. But we won't see that happen. It is a uh, p a t r e o n dot com forward slash f a s podcast. If you want to support us on Patreon, we've got wrestling commentaries and exclusive podcasts. Full access for as little as one dollar. I think it's time to start the music. Uh, I know it, it hurts. Eh? You feeling it? Yeah, the one film I did not want. Yep. And you could open up the rest. I'll tell you, they're all different films. Uh, social media, find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram with the username FAS Podcast. Shout out to Kenny, Carol, Max, Stu for Patreon, David Lopan for the music, Paul Loudon for the art. Ladies and gentlemen, fuck off and tune in next week. Was there any any negatives, any bits you didn't care for, or anything that annoyed you about the film? There's a, there's a bit I really want to talk about, but I really didn't want it because they want to ruin it. Well, we could talk about it, and I'll put it on at the end of the episode after the end credits. So if people want to hear spoilers about it, they can listen to the very end of the show. I, I was wanting more with the Harrelson, eh? I really Aye. was. Eh? Mm-hmm. Like, I quite liked his character, really. I liked his... Um, Speech with his daughters on the fucking beach with the Because the the, uh, to be honest, I thought he was going to try and shag his wife in the woods or something. The way he was like, right, you stay here, don't leave this circle. Did he hate fucking cancer? Yes. Like the, that, the moment where he fucking coughed, coughed on in Mildred's face. That's when he... I was like, oh. And you kind of, kind of, to me, it kind of feels like that he wasn't really a bad guy. Aye. But, like, or he kind of feel that you kind of I don't know what's the best way to describe it that it, him having cancer just kind of disarmed like you can not look at him as a cunt Aye. Like, he's he's got this going on as well but yeah but I was wanting Mary Woody yeah aye and just the way they done it where he just had like all these these letters written aye. in the fucking sack on his head and then just like a note for his wife saying, don't take the bag off, just phone the boys. It was. It was great. Just like, he narrated like all the letters. Aye. And the way they had written it was so well done. Just like how, how sort of caring he was to his wife and apologetic for the way that things yeah. are going. But he didn't want to fucking rot away with cancer. But I mean, since um, like when, obviously after all that happened, that's when it kind of shifted a wee bit and like the whole town pretty much fucking didn't want any do we? Aye. Mildred, because obviously they, um, she was driving past the news team Aye. when they were talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just... Aye, she was looked at as the enemy at that point, like drove a man to kill himself. Aye, because is that when she drops her boy off at the scale when the fucking cut comes scudding across the windscreen? Aye. Because that's it, like, 
her daughter was raped and fucking set on fire. Why, why are you fucking chucking shit out of her? But you drove, drove the fucking police chief to fucking kill himself. Uh, so now she looks like a proper cunt. I uh, well, she obviously, like, they think that, but I don't think because they say that, um, that the reasons are, like, unknown, but obviously at that but time obviously they, they speculate. These so fucking billboards with that boy's name on them. They speculate that it's the billboards. Aye. And she's she driving past in the car. What is this cat doing? You're right, Chief. <laughs> you cool? I'm not a fucking clue what he's doing. Trying to look for money in the back of the couch. But I did love that moment where she was driving past and she gave like, the woman, like. And it's a way, it's a way just rolls off the tongue. Aye, uh, talking about the three billboards and it's like, yeah, billboards are saying, like, something, something, you little bitch. And just drives uh, off. And like, and she's just like doing a wee live news bro- broadcast. Uh, going, she's like, still like, fucking cut a camera. Uh, fucking sh- the thing, uh. Aye. Um, I think, uh, like, obviously, I like to talk about fucking, like, Woody's, but I feel, like, do you think he's more deserving of the best point actor than what Sam is? Or do you think Sam Rockwell will easily walk away with it? Well, that's it. Sam Rockwell got more time to stretch his legs in it. And obviously not to the point where he could be considered a leading actor. Aye. But Woody's Harrelson, Woody Harrelson's character kind of led like, a lot. Aye, like he's like, he's he a family the, man or not. Aye, ah, he had the, like a, a more, not a considerate role, but a more, I can't find the word for it, but. Like a more compassionate role in the film, mm. where in like the events, the, the whole his, the way he dies and things like that. Aye, the way but when he's um, like getting wheeled at the like hospital, obviously mm. she's um, she's been lifted for what was she in the interrogation room for again when he went to go and talk to her? Well, there was nothing. There was nothing to do with the nothing to do with the dentist. I cannot remember it. No, I can't remember. But then she's obviously, um, like when he's getting wheeled out in an ambulance, he's like saying that like he's like the captain or whatever. He's like, well, just let her go. Aye. Well, well was that not earlier where they just kind of pulled her in, just saying, right? Ah, what the fuck is this about? Can we make these billboards go away? One of the other, like big scenes of the film is when fucking this this is after is this after. Oh, this will be after the uh, suicide. Right. That's when um, <laughs> Sam Rockwell goes into the like the building across the road that's got the billboards up. Yes. Where? He, how, how does he open the door? Ah, just smashes it. Just smashes it. And it. Aye. And it was the way he fucking went up to the boy started Aye. fucking knocking lumps out on the, the girl and then just like Happo just throws her out the window aye and then just like absolutely smacks the fucking last end of the palms face. her in the fucking face aye it was brutal like as soon as they did it it seemed like she had a fucking busted nose but it was just that was it and he was fucking beating fuck out outside there's like a black dude there with a coffee and he's like what and it turns out like that's your new police chief aye like you could fucking put your gun and badge on the table like yeah, I, I've lost my badge. Uh, <laughs> like, and I thought maybe it's him just trying to really give up his badge, but he's just like that a bit of a 
fucking lazy fucking cop who's like um uh. uh, searching about his desk like, right there's there's my gun um if I find my badge I'll hand it in but aye that seems fucking relentless like uh. oh yeah I can't just in the way it's filmed it's like the camera's just following him up the stairs and it just goes from start punching fuck at him and then it just I love how the camera just follows him as he looks at the window and just sees him fucking rolling off the roof aye aye it was a great bit. Uh, another interesting scene is when Rockwell's character goes into the bar later on and he's sitting with, he's sitting at the booth in front of the two guys. Yes. I think he... That like has, the light bulb moment. Aye. Uh, yeah. And that is, is a clever... Aye. Uh, and like some that was the, That was the guy that was in the... Threatening her. Aye. Uh, yep. That itself, like, just when they're sitting telling stories and he's hearing it and it just, like, kind of twigs. And, like, the thought of, like, I'm just going to scratch the dude in the face. Take a uh, beating, fair enough, but it's the thought of... Him his DNA. I under my nail was like, that's fucking clever. Mm. The way it turns out was a wee bit, like, ah. Ah. Uh. Because another bit we'll put at the end of the show, I was a wee bit upset that they never got... Aye, they never found resolution to it. Like they never found it. Like that asshole was the guy that raped her daughter. Aye, had that airtight alibi, and it turns out he was like in the arm. Like he was, he was in the forces. Aye, wasn't it? he? Was like Afghanistan or something. The fact where he was trying to explain it was like someplace sandy. He was like, nope, can't think of it. He's like, no, he's he's got a commanding officer. And he's based somewhere, some place where there's sand. Uh-huh. I can't make it any more obvious to you, Dixon. He's like, nah, they, I, they, I they understand the chief. Uh, it's, it's, like, quite, it's quite slow. Uh, he's like, man, you are thick as shit. But what did you think about the ending? Because um, they just kind of decide, let's go find this cunt. And uh, I, I, I thought I quite liked I like the type of relationship the two of them ended up having considering at the start of the film like they couldn't fucking stand each other and they were pretty much at each other's throats. Aye. And then towards so the end they were because of the circumstances some exceptional circumstances aye that they decided that came on fuck it let's just go and find this gun eh? Aye because whatever he was doing was not fucking nice to anyone. Yeah. And it, just the fact that it sounded so similar to what happened to her daughter what about the fucking sequence, like the flashback sequence with her daughter and have the fucking argument where Aye. she's wanting to take the car and like, nope, because she was high or something. And, and they start having a fucking argument. It's like, Dad said you were driving around. We were, you were drunk behind the wheel once. And they have a fucking shouting match where it's like, well, you could just go fuck off. It's like, well, I hope I fucking get raped and killed when Aye. I'm walking out there. It's like, well, I hope you get fucking raped too. Unfortunately, uh, yeah. she actually got raped and like, oh, like, the people have those worst thoughts of, like, last time they see someone, they didn't want it to end on a fucking argument where it says, I hope that cunt fucking dies, and then, lo and behold, that cunt fucking dies, and you're left fucking miserable as fuck, because, like, that's how you ended that relationship with that person. Uh, she literally said, told her daughter, I hope you get raped, uh, let alone rape, but got fucking set on fire. Uh, that is the fucking the, parent the dad has the 
kind of similar conversation where mm-hmm. saying that Ken, she was wanting to come to mind that night, but he <coughs> told her no, and he's like, Ken, if she did, she would have been a liar. So it's like the dad's holding her it's responsible. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think uh, I liked a bit like in the car towards them when they were driving away, and um, she confesses to Dixon that she was the one with the with the fire bombs. Aye. And he, uh, like, he kind of had this wee like, look and he was like, he's like, ah, he's like, I kind of figured it was you. <laughs> and it was like that sly wee grin that fucking she had as well. Aye, aye. But I mean, obviously, like, she wasn't expecting anybody to be in there when she was, like, throwing them, eh? No, no. And, well, that was it. He was sent there and says, like, leave your stuff behind her, let her waiting for you. More like, it was like he was told, you're kind of sacked. Just go and return your stuff after hours. When everyone's gone, uh, do they know she's fucking across the road being a wee vigilante? Mm. I'll I'll say to Holton that like when the when he had that when he had that idea and gone at the bar mm-hmm. and I, like when he had that idea, and I, I was hoping that it was going to lead to him getting his job back. Aye, because because he, he's a like his captain or his superior or whatever. Like, quite happy that. That somebody so fucking dumb's got this absolute fucking banger of an idea. Aye, definitely. Because that's a, when when it happens, like, all right, scratch him in the face, takes a beating. But it's just like when it clicks, like, him in the house like that like smart. He's got the wee test tubes out and he's uh, sort of scraping it for the nails. Like you clever, clever bat. Like we've been crying you thick as shit for this whole film. Uh, like that's a fucking light bulb moment, son. Yeah. I was quite happy with Sam Rutherford's performance. Mm-hmm. Aye. He acted his fucking socks off in this one. 